Tired of winning the tailgate, but losing the games? We can't help that. But we can tell you what the hell is up with each team and what's going on across sunny San Marcos. Texas State fans, get on your feet. You're listening to Squaring Around with Jacob Rodriguez and Andrew Zimmel. Welcome to episode 16 of Squaring Around, everybody. Um, this is where we talk about Texas State, Texas State Athletics. And this week, we're joined by the editor of the San Marcos Daily Record, Colton McWilliams. Colton McWilliams, thanks for joining us, buddy. Um, uh, no problem. Yeah, we got some new listeners. You know, we've got uh, over 1,100 streams across all platforms. So for those of you that don't know, we're all University Star alumni. You know, obviously, Zimmel did some shit talking on air at KTSW 89.9. <laughs> Uh, and that's kind of our legacy at this point. I think that I have a better legacy than just throwing some words around on air, but that's fine. Just spinning the rock, you know? <laughs> Rel- relatively relatively big deal, but it's fine. So the first thing I want to talk about, guys, is the road to Omaha. Starts through San Marcos. <laughs> uh, Bobcats are facing off against Northwestern this weekend. They got a three-game series. Um, they just announced the pitching lineup. It's Levi Wells, uh, Zeke Wood, and uh, Nathan Medrano on Sunday. So it's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for everybody keeping score at home. All right, Jacob, FMK, go. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Levi is like the preseason pitcher of the year favorite. So obviously you got to lock that down. Mary. Yeah. <laughs> Colton? Oh, Nathan's chasing a Cheez-Its deal. So um mm, be a little gold digger on the side yeah yeah, yeah. gold digger on the side all right so then and you kill the I guess, guy i guess i'm killing zeke but uh, no tough. beef zeke i'm sorry i might just cut this whole fucking bit too so it's okay what do you mean this is a great way to start <laughs> is it is it a great way to start Dog, i can i come with heat every time <laughs> every time i'm giving you clips all right whatever you want to talk to pitching let's talk pitching Texas State had a really good pitching lineup last season. We talked to Stephen Shout on Square Talks, which you can listen to right here. Same podcast, same time. We talk about what we have, right? And it is a team this year, and Colton, you can attest to it as we get ready for these games on Friday. This is a team that's going to be focused more, I think, on hitting the ball then it's going to be on pitching. I, I don't expect the pitching staff to have less than a three ERA. I think it's going to be somewhere between three, three, seven ish. We can hit the ball this year. That's something that I think Texas state last year could do relatively well, but this year I think we can hit for power and for average Colton. You went to media day. What's your take? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, we got some really good hitters. Uh, Jose Gonzalez, you know, one of the heroes in that, uh, regional final against Stanford, uh, you know, he's probably going to be your main focus. Uh, go, go on the pitching staff. Like, I think this pitching staff has a chance to improve because you've got, a, especially with Levi and Zeke on the mound. Uh, yeah, it'll be really interesting after uh, Tristan Stivers leaves. Is like, how do they pick up the pace from where he left off? I think that's going to be that's. I think that's going to be the major focus point coming into the season because you lost a basically one of the greatest pitchers I'd ever played at Texas State. I mean, this guy was the closer of the year. Like, multiple baseball outlets nominated Stivers to be the, as the closer of the year. Like, 
Let me get back. Let me get back on the, get back on track. Sorry. I think the pitching staff is going to have a lot to prove coming into this year, especially with Tristan leaving. I think that's going to be the major focus point. I think like like what Andrew was saying. Offensively, I think this team's going to be fine. You're they're going to get their hits. They're going to get their runs. Offense, like I have no problems. Like I think they're going to score, and if if they don't, like we've got some major problems going on. But yeah, I think the major focus point coming in this year is like how does this pitching staff rebound? Not rebound, but like how do you pick up the pace for for like the last last year's pitching staff left off? Jacob. Colton mentioned that this might be the best closer ever to be come through Texas State, and now they move on. Have you ever had a closer leave you? That's what uh, Trout said, too. I just wanted to say. It's not just media outlets reporting this. This is the team thinking uh, how good Tristan Stivers is. Obviously, he had that big boom, horns down. <laughs> um, Can you do that first one more time for those video podcast listeners? Oh. That is. <laughs> Keep that thumb tucked in. I like it. All right. Well, I, I have no respect for that university, so I'll do whatever I want with my hands when I reference them. Points down. Eat them up. <laughs> Long live Brent. <laughs> Talking about closers of the year? What the hell is liking my shit? Sorry. We, the coach just retweeted us on Twitter. Hey, shout out. Sean hey, Hewitt. look. Breaking news. Texas State gets a retweet. I know people really care about these retweets all of a sudden. Wait around got us a retweet. Yeah. All hey. of a sudden. All of a sudden. Could you repeat your question? Twitter. I'm sorry. All of a sudden, retweets on Twitter have become the biggest deal. Colton, I don't know if you've been keeping track of this, but for whatever reason, people care about programs retweeting them. We had Alex on Square, Square Talks. This is a straight out just like a, a plea to Texas State social media. When we tweet a video, please retweet it so that I don't have to hear about other people getting retweets or other people not getting retweets. Please, if you see our content, retweet it once, unretweet it. We'll get the notification. We'll screenshot it. We'll share it with each other. Look, we got the retweet. Hooray. And then we'll move on, okay? I'm so sick of it. I'm so sick of the retweet culture of Texas State. It's driving me mad. Bringing it back to baseball. Um, yeah, so th they lose the, the stopper of the year, probably the close of the year. Um, but Trout said that this was the most stacked his bullpen's ever been. So obviously they're super favored in the Sun Belt, as I was talking about every. <laughs> what do you call a hour. stacked bullpen? Stacked bullpen? Yeah. Bunch of bulls in the pen? I don't know. It's called a Big Mac stacked bullpen. You got a bunch of meat. You got a bunch of bull. There's only two okay. Uh, okay. Thank you. Thank you. I'm here all week. So Levi's the top one, Zeke's the first patty. And uh, Nathan's the second bump. Print the shirts. <laughs> I want to also talk about the softball because they had their opening weekend uh, ninth, or their Texas State tournament um, last weekend. The three and two now. Uh, the first game I saw kind of a surprise. Everybody was like, oh, Jessica Mullins, Jessica Mullins. We we're obviously talking about preseason awards and Jessica, friend of the podcast. Uh, you know, super excited to start the season. Uh, Ricky Woodard hinted at it though you know she wasn't exactly the healthiest so they kind of had to taper her off and then at the end of the tournament she was obviously pitching lights out uh but that gave the rest of the team kind of an opportunity to be like okay who's our number two you know so ricky woodard also very high on uh her pitchers and she has been for a while i mean every year it seems like tech state has like a perennial pitcher as zim was talking about in our last episode last week um but yeah i think this is just kind of another moment where Tech State can kind of find the answer that isn't the number one, you know? 
Yeah, for that number two pitcher, you kind of maybe look at a Tori McCann. I know she's been doing some really good stuff. Uh, they had a they had a freshman pitcher start at the villain against Villanova. That I'm like losing. I'm just losing my name on. But like, yeah, we saw a lot of young pitchers over the tournament, kind of, um, just kind of have just you know just throwing them out there, seeing how they're doing and all that stuff. Just let you know, letting someone else besides Jessica like kind of start. But yeah, it'll be. But as much talk as we talk, as much as we talk about the pitching staff, it's mainly the the team. The aspect that I really want to talk about is the offense. I mean, the offense has been like cooking, especially in that tournament. And if you look at that top lineup, like they got some heavy hitters. There's a uh, Sarah Vanderfer, you know, Sunbelt first team all preseason. Uh, Tierra. Oh my gosh, I'm blanking on all these names. Shit. Sierra Smith. Yeah. Sierra Tran, one of the outfitters. Papa Randolph was another good, another outfitter that had a, like a really good game yesterday. JJ Smith, and she had that big RB, RBI double against Wichita State. The lineup is really good. And then when you get kind of lower in the order, you've got a lot, a lot of these uh, young hitters that are kind of a lot, a lot of freshmen that are coming up that are kind of trying to make their spot. And like, and they came up some. Came up some really big situations, so it, to me, I, I will, I would really like to see how this, uh, how this uh, offense kind of keeps going, kind of progresses throughout the season. Gotcha. And uh, yeah, I just want to talk a little bit about that offense too. In that first game against, or the second game against Kent State, it was the second game overall for them in that tournament. But the yeah. first time they played Kent State, they shut them out eight zero. Crazy. Next game against Kent State again, they beat them five one. And then uh, the last game against Wichita State, who they lost to in the first game, uh, 7-4. So, yeah, definitely big bats and a lot of offense to watch out for, too. It's not just defensive play. Great note. Um, I want to talk about we, – we hinted at this last week with our Spring is in the Air episode. So, uh, But this is a super busy time for the athletics department. So if you like putting money on games, this is definitely the time for you. Um, with that though, right, we have the big composite score, obviously a bunch of spring sports are teeing off right now, but the football team also has their spring schedule. They announced their spring schedule, uh, this week and kind of what to expect. And this week, yesterday, they had their first like walk-on meeting too. So Texas State wants you to try out for the football team. Um, they also signed three preferred walk-ons. So that's Caleb Godfrey at Bling College, John Orline out of Arkansas, uh, Sean Coleman at a Harding University. So these are preferred walk-ons. You know, didn't get the love on signing day, but also had you know tweets and stuff saying, "Hey, we're coming to campus." And so obviously these guys are here for the semester, and then you just kind of play semester to semester and see if you make the team. If you don't, you know, if not, I guess you're just at Texas State as a student. How's it going? <laughs> we need interns on the podcast, Jacob. A preferred <laughs> walk-on intern. Get that like kind of rolling here for a little bit. No, I mean, it's good. It's important that we have those type of guys who want to join the program. Kenny has done a good job of selling the program. Um, so, it's you know, it's kind of a testament to that, to have guys that played at Arkansas kind of come, wanting to come and play at Texas State. We see this happen at other programs as well. Um, getting a preferred walk-on from Texas State, I think, is, is still really cool. I think it's still really important. And as the team wins, it's going to be more and more kind of impactful, I think, going forward. Colton? Preferred walk-on, 
It, it, it's what, also, what, I want to say it's not really the traditional like Rudy story, right? Like it's not just the random guys off the season. These are all transfers, so that's kind of incredible. Yeah, they they they've played like college athletics yeah. before. I think the days of just a stranger on the street suiting up is long gone. Uh, the way that the internet works now, with like if you're anybody, any with a ounce of talent, odds are somebody knows of you. A coach, a recruiter, somewhere knows what like what you bring to the table. I think the idea that people might go under the radar in 2023 is is almost preposterous. Yeah. yeah. Especially, yeah, especially when you talk about the how huddle and like how recruits get their uh, uh, highlights out to all these programs. Like, yeah, if you are a really good football player, like there's, it's almost impossible for like a not, for like a big college program to come pick you up. Like, if you're good, like uh, those schools are going to find you and they're going to want you to play for your team. Also happening in the spring. Not as fun, though. I mean, we have the date circled, obviously, for the conference tournaments for the men's team, for the men's basketball team, and the women's basketball team. I want uh, the women's team to win out. You know, the seniors can pick up Coach Z on their shoulders and have a moment like they've all been wanting. Um, But uh, the men's team, we've all kind of been hot and cold on this team, to be honest. You know, who's been hot? Point them out. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're are, are the is the hot is the person who's hot on them in the room with us right now? No, no, that's no. me using my Ouija board for Texas State Athletic. <laughs> well, look, and you know we can talk. We can talk about the ups and the downs and everything like that. Oh, they got the injury bug. Oh, you know, it just didn't. The whole year kind of just felt like there was like a like a bad voodoo on the team. You know, well, what that's I mean? what happens when your half your team gets injured. You know, like I mean. Yeah, I guess. I don't know, Colton, as somebody who covers a team day in and day out, what is like the thing you're going to take away from this 2023 season with the Bobcats? I think it's hmm, I think it's mainly like they just dealt with like a lot of injuries and all that stuff. But like I feel like this team just kind of just came out flat because you're coming off of two seasons where you won the conference championship, like the regular season title. And you know, you've already set this bar of expectations, and I think this is the first year. I think what's going to define this year is like how does Coach Johnson rebound from this year? Because this is his first major. Is this is worst year. Yeah, I would say like up to this point, this is probably like his worst year. Yeah, well, just because like how everything was the Sun Belt Coach of the Year too. So it's, it's not just you know the obviously the impact that he has on the court is you know evident, yeah. but um, what he was doing off the court spoke volumes too. And then the you know transfer portal stuff comes along. Suddenly we don't have Quentin Scott, Alonzo Sule. It's a different team, completely different team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think just the I think something that we've talked kind of off off earlier was like kind of how the makeup of, of this team is kind of like weird. Like we don't have like there's not really this one kind of like what we were talking about. You don't need like a true center to be kind of getting those like big rebounds but like someone like a big four that's like muscling in all your opponents to get those important rebounds like especially on the defensive end I think this is that's what they were missing this year because I love Nate Martin and I love Niger Caesar like they do some really good work but like there's not someone who I that just stand stands out that just like okay I know this person is going to move people out of the way but to kind of compare it to the to the women's team I know Lauren Thompson's going to move some bodies out to get a rebound you know Jada Reed's going to move some bodies to get to get those important even Denasia Hood you know she's kind of like multiple double doubles where she is literally moving bodies out of the paint to get rebounds and there's a reason why like she get she can get 10 rebounds on the night when 
when the opportunities allow it. And I think that's what this team is missing. Like they don't got that person that can muscle their way in, in the paint, move people out and get those like important boards. Yeah. And they're not going to, uh, that's just my take right now. It's like that, that person's not coming through the door. So how do you fix what you got right now? How do you, how do you make what you got better than what you, you know, how do you turn chicken shit into chicken salad essentially? And that, that's really distinct. It was just between a good coach and a great coach. So we'll see what if Johnson can do. Yeah. Yeah. I think over the past three games, I think I've seen this team kind of improve. Like the ODU game, like that was pretty, like the way that ended, like that was pretty bad. But like, I've, but the thing that I'm seeing, like, I'm least, I'm seeing like life in this team. They're still fighting. They're still, they're still going forward. I, I don't see that. I don't see a team that's given up. I think this is a team that's just, just kind of in a rut and they just need to get a little bit momentum going forward. So like when the next season comes, like they can finally get kind of get the ship turned around. So do you think that there's no chance for them to get any postseason play outside of the Sunbelt tournament? No, like, I, I just don't see it. I just think like, not like just look at how non-conference went. I don't see like a signature win. Like I think, what was it? That was it the Rhode Island game. They got that really big win. I mean, like, now that game doesn't, you know, that's to me, I don't see, like, a signature win this team could hang its hat on, especially non-conference. Like, I, I think more, it's funny, because, like, I think more about the losses more than the wins. Like, even though they went on the road to beat Cal, uh, like a Power 5 school, like, that should be, like, a thing that they could hang their hat on. But, like, the thing that sticks with me is, like, when they went and lost to UTSA on the road, that stuck out more to me and then that lost to Mary Harden Baylor. That is being a Texas State fan in a nutshell, boys. <laughs> that is being a Texas the wins remind or like they stand out more than the losses. That's just how it is. That's just how it is. Um you hate to see it, but uh that's that's the reality that we live in here. I'll say too, any team that goes five and nine in their conference or you know, on the year so far, I should say, because they're not gonna finish five and nine, obviously. Uh but uh doesn't deserve to go <laughs> into anything, I think. You know, you're talking about that. But um, right now, for context, Texas State's playing App State. Uh, they're losing 33-40. Well, it just sucks, too, that Mason Harrell, you know, this is like his last year, and this is what he goes out on. You know what I mean? Like, he goes off yeah. on an injury-riddled, just not a like kind of a letdown of a season. And I just kind of think back to Nigel, who didn't have the same situation but a similar situation in that COVID kind of robbed him of like really important games, robbed him of like a really like good send off. And that just sucks. You know, you don't want to see that from, from some well, of your best guys. Yeah. Or the, the all time scoring guy too. Right. For Nigel. Yeah. Don't remind me. <laughs> uh, well, you know, on a brighter note, you know, coach Z obviously got that bigger record um, earlier in the year um, for all time wins for the program. And, you know, her and her team have a great opportunity to win the tournament, I think. Colton, I'm clearing out here, brother. This is all you. Women's basketball for Texas State. You're you're itching for it. I'm excited to hear what you got to say. To be honest, I think they've got a really good shot because just, well, like, look, because I thought, okay, I thought it was going to be Troy, but, like, also Troy's, like, like, Texas State played with Troy. Like, that home game, the last time they played Troy, like, they had Troy on the ropes. Like, I can see this team 
like third time being the charm, this team can go out and beat Troy. I think they've got a really good shot at winning this. But just the only problem is like there's about seven good teams in this women's conference. Like it is like if you look at the standings, it's like I think it's like we're in a three way tie with James Madison and Old Men who Texas State is playing tonight. That's going to be a really important game. And then, like, a game behind them, I swear, is like four or five different teams that are kind of in that mix. The log jam. Yeah, yeah. It's We just got a giant log jam of, like, really, really good teams, like, in in the conference. And I think this is the one you you could say, like, one of those teams could possibly win the tournament. You could be like, okay, I'm not surprised this team won the tournament. And I think Texas State, they do have a really good shot. I think the main focus, like, just get a really good seed and, and just, like, continue what, you're, what y'all have been doing since the regular season. Like, not in, in conference play, what y'all been doing. Because that is going to be important. Because, okay, this is a question that I want to, that I've been, like, that's been on my mind. Why does the re- why does the tournament title mean more than the regular season title? Because I've never understood that. Like, because well, that's the one mean? that actually that's does. That's the one it. that no, no, fucking matters. No, 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 like, here. But no, okay, let me rephrase this. Like, as far as, for the long, like, before they decided the conference, ter- like, the conference tournament was the reason, like, you got into the NCAA tournament. Why Why isn't it that the regular season title doesn't qualify you to go into the NCAA, the, the NCAA tournament? Like, even though you... Well, there's, there's a couple of reasons there. The first one being that the regular season, a lot of different things can happen. Injuries can happen. Yeah. Whatever, right? The end of the season tournament is supposed to be, in idealistic terms, is supposed to be everybody playing their best basketball. All the coaches have figured out their rotations, everything else. And that is supposed to decide who the champion, who the best team of the conference is. The I, I agree. I think that that is true. I think that the regular season building up to a playoff format is good for the fans. And it's kind of, I think it's a good determinator on like who really is the best team because now the games matter a lot more. Regular season games matter to get you seating playoff games yeah. matter because you want to have a chance to play in the NCAA tournament. Texas state has been the epitome of a team that knows their system. They never have. I don't think they've ever had a situation where they have four or five freshmen on the court at the same time. They, they always have an advantage when it comes to age when, when it comes on the court. So it makes sense for them to win the regular season title. My beef has always been with Casper before Johnson, but now Johnson, is that when the games matter the most, when the light's the brightest, oh. Nigel Pearson doesn't show up, Danny Casper didn't show up, Terrence Johnson hasn't, you know, hadn't, he hasn't had a shot to do it yet, so I'm not going to put any ill will towards him. But, like, the Texas State Bobcats men's team in particular do not show up in the Sunbelt Conference Championship. And I hate to burst the bubble for you guys out there who are locked solely on the Bobcats. As somebody who talks about the other Sunbelt teams and who has friends and cover, that cover the other Sunbelt teams, that is the stat. That's the that's scouting report on Bobcat sports is that when it comes to the playoffs, especially for basketball, they can't get the job done. So there, there's there's your answer. Does that, does that answer the question? No, no, no. That, that, that answers the question. It's it's frustrating, and I understand if you're a person who believes in the regular season, right? Like, But yeah. if that was the case, in the NFL, why have a playoff, right? Like in, in, yeah, in no, no, yeah. You know what I mean? It's the same thing. Like, the playoffs matter. Yeah. Like, the playoffs are good. So I, you know – do I wish that Texas State would, would have multiple NCAA tournament appearances because they've won the regular season multiple times? Hell yeah, I do. It's cool to see the banner up there, 
But yeah. at the end of the day, the thing that matters the most is that NCAA tournament berth. And the last time that we got that berth was in 2020. So, yeah. But also those tournament wins, you know, we, Texas State has had moments, baseball, softball, uh, basketball, soccer, everything where yeah. we go in as the number one seed and then we just get skunked out in the tournament. So it's like the regular season, in my opinion, it's not really indicative of the best team. It's like who stayed the healthiest, who played the most consistently, probably. Who has the best system, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, I think that's yeah. fair. Okay. Yeah. And then maybe, I guess, scheduling, too, is probably like, oh, who had the smarter schedule, you know? But yeah, that, that I, sometimes you can't even really control that. You know, these coaches can't, well, schedules especially when you, so far you down the, the line, you know? You get to the conference schedule, like, I mean, you don't know if Southern Miss is going to be good, and you don't know if Lafayette's going to be good, or if Georgia State's going to be good, and all of a sudden you have those three teams on a back-to-back-to-back. Like, I mean, you don't know that when the schedule comes out in August, but that's kind of what you get stuck with, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but uh, going back to women's basketball, yes, I think this team's got a really good shot at winning the like winning the conference tournament because as as what we were saying, like it is a log jam at the top, and like there's about six five teams that legitimately have a good shot. And I think Texas State, like Texas State, is in the middle of that, and they just need to continue what they've been doing over the regular season and like like do what what we're trying to say, like you know, play be at your best during the tournament because that's what means that's what's going to matter the most so we, i want to speed through some headlines too because you know obviously rapid we, fire we need some good fire. uh we need some good good mojo going on to this pod uh so you know we talked about into our our new year's eve episode we're talking about different goals different expectations for the team and i was hell-bent on having golf wins <laughs> i went back and watched the podcast Maybe a little overreactionary, <laughs> but I-, I wanted golf wins. And so women's team won uh, their opener last weekend. Uh, maybe it was a week and a half now, but still. Um, and now the men's team, they got a finisher in the in the top three. Casper uh, Nyland finished second in their opener in Mobile, Alabama this past weekend. So shout out Casper Nyland. And then um, for the second week in a row, Cedrique Wynn and Damiancy are your Sunbelt Track and Field Athletes of the Week. These two have been, like, unstoppable <laughs> this year. I mean, I, it, it makes me kind of question, like, who else is running? What times are they posting up? And does anything else matter right now in the Sunbelt than these kind, uh, these two's dominance, really? Get the uh, booking agent, because we need him for squaring yeah. around. Yeah, for sure. Book it. Book it. And then we have so long to talk about them, too, because, you know, this is kind of tapering off their indoor schedule into the outdoor. So sky's the limit, really. Yeah, they're they're really going to enjoy listening to every podcast from here until, like, I don't know, when they graduate with the last 10 minutes of the podcast dedicated solely to their athletic achievements and accomplishments. Well, we ran a couple of graphics, too, last week. We had, you know, the... The men, the women's shot put was like ranked sixth in the country at that time too. So, I mean, you're talking that was, about long. That was last week that we talked about women's shot put. Or it might have been two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say, don't don't trick me like that. Don't. Play sorry, that there's a lot of track headlines. You know, we we kind of strayed away from track. You know, we were focused on football, yeah. we were focused on baseball in college, uh, just because we were trying to get you know the star up Eight. to par, up to snuff. Oh, yeah, that too. That too. But so we could only really focus on a few things at a time. And unfortunately, fortunately, football was the big one. Uh, and uh, last one, Colton actually brought these to 
to us today. So I wanted to bring him on specifically to talk about bag watching. Watching. I'm looking at these coaches. Bag watching. But Colton, what can you tell us? I think Texas State's going to run into some money. Yeah. So the big first news that I came across this morning was uh, Texas State's going to get $750,000 because uh, so back, I forgot when this was, but in the 2024 season, Texas State's uh, Liberty paid Texas State to come to go over to Lynchburg, Virginia to go play a non-conference game for the 2024 season. Well, back, all of that kind of has kind of changed up because Liberty is now entering Conference USA in that zombie league of the conference. Because, you know, being in a conference with Liberty and UTEP, like, it totally makes sense. Anyways, because um, Liberty has to get, get rid of these non-conference games, they didn't want to keep the Texas State game, so... They're basically playing, paying Texas State uh, $250,000 to be like, hey, sorry, this didn't work out. We're going to pay y'all to, like, this is our, this is compensation for, like, have, for y'all having to schedule this game out. Well, one of the replacement, possible replacement games for that 2024 season is basic, is renewing the rivalry between Texas State and Sam Houston State with Sam Houston State coming, bumping up from FCS to FBS. And uh, from what the report's saying, like, Sam Houston State's going to pay Texas State $500,000 in that amount. Basically, it's just a giant arrangement from the Conference USA schools to kind of fix this problem with Texas State's non-conference schedule in a 2024. That's like a lot of money. Would you would That's, you pay Would you pay a million dollars to play Texas State if you were a school like like I I always knew Liberty was is rolling in that Chick Fil A cash, but like would you be able to? That's a good joke, by the way. If anybody picked up on that. Um, <laughs> Wait, would you pay a million dollars to play Texas State? Oh, trying to think. So if my little school out in what college school, I don't know. Uh, I think uh, also, by the way, the way Texas State fans are, like the Texas State fan base very much leans, I think, I don't know. I'm not going to pick a lean, a, a way, like a political leaning, but I will say they are on the older side. They are older than college age. Yeah. Like, where's this going? The, my point about? is, is that I think that Texas State probably did themselves a favor in the long run by getting Liberty off the schedule because I have a sneaking suspicion that the people who don't really care about athletics but have a like a lot of opinions on money and where Texas State plays their games and stuff like that, I think they would have a couple of words for the athletic department about playing Liberty. So I think in the high in you know the grand scheme of things, this is probably for the best. That liberty yeah, is off the no, schedule. I, yeah, I agree. I like, like if you know what liberty is about, and like you really go into, I mean, there's a whole Hulu documentary on like the president at Liberty doing some like wild ass shit. Do you know what's but, crazy yeah. is that if you look in the background of one of those parties, you can see Jacob. True story. <laughs> go the person in college. Bobcat fans, go and watch that documentary on Hulu. It's it's uh, it's real eye opening, eyes wide shut opening, is what I should say. But now, like dropping Liberty and like just a renewed like the same Houston State Texas State rivalry that's been like a blood feud since like that it is the oldest like played opponent like Texas State has ever had in their football history. So like being able to you know being a one game series like I think that would be a really cool opportunity because you know we don't. Texas State just does not have a lot of those big rivalry games. You know, I'm glad we're getting the UTSA series back. I know, yeah. But Texas State doesn't have any of those rivalries because they don't win any of those games. Yeah, I mean, we, really... we, let, let, 
we had the battle for the paddle, and then Nichols Day became. <laughs> Texas State has a rivalry, Colton. It's with ULM. Who's going to finish last? That is the rivalry Texas State has right now. Playing a def- playing a national championship contender uh, for Sam Houston State. Now, granted, not the FBS level, but the FCS level, and then going to play UTSA. Look, I love my Bobcats. I die for my Bobcats. Uh, my Bobcats would kill me and leave my body in the street because they do not defend me nearly as much as I'd like them to. <laughs> they don't defend you at all. No. <laughs> and uh, the next thing I want to talk about is um, Coach Sean Hewitt, volleyball head coach. Uh, bag, watch, bag, watch. bag watch, bag watch, bag watch, bag watch. What you going to do? What you going to do when Jacob he, goes out a request? He got paid again. Shout out, shout out to Hewitt. He deserves the money. He took the reins from Chisholm, did not. There was no drop-off at all. In fact, I would argue that he has taken the program to another level. Um, it took Chisholm like 40 years to win an NCAA tournament game. I think that Hewitt will be there and competing for NCAA tournament games. I would like him to win some games. I would like Texas State. I don't think that's yeah. much to ask for here, to win a tournament game every 40 years. Um, I'm hoping that he does that more often than not. And I'm glad that he's around. Uh, Jacob, you made the point. All of these contracts are continuing to a 2027. That's when all of the money is due for all of these different guys. Hopefully in four years when we're doing the podcast and you have a wife and kid and I still have a couch that we can, uh, you know, talk about all of these great coaches and all the accomplishments they've had in the last four years. Yeah, that's uh, GJ's 2027, Trout's 2027, Woodard's 2027. Uh, golf coach, by the way, the men's golf coach, we talked about men's golf. Uh, is the only non-contracted uh, role at Texas State. I thought that was because he's a golf pro. He goes how the con- he goes how the country club goes. Yeah, I know, but what he's getting paid right now is the same as what the women's golf coach is getting paid. So it's like put him on a contract. I don't know. Colton, yeah. did you know that That's they used like to have a golf course? The Texas State used to have a golf course, and then they paved over it. Really? It got flooded, and they cut they cut it out. They we used to have a really nice golf course. They didn't it pave flooded. over it. They just don't do it anymore. They paved over it. They said they were going to make more parking spots for us. They didn't. They, and that's I not know true. they lied to us. <laughs> that's not true. They we used to have a really sweet golf course, it's and then the it got flooded. Center course, yeah, yeah. Well, you saw they've actually taken away more parking spaces away because you know they built that new. Is it the music center now? It's uh, it's or, a journalism building. Yeah, so we have so like, no I, negative thoughts on the I have building zero the negative program. opinions on the journalism building. I think those <laughs> kids because it's to, a TV news building, actually. So those kids need to learn how to walk. <laughs> They'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Hey, commuters, you know, commuters. Yeah, take get over it. Park, park away. Take the bus. You the journalism building is very neat. Have double decker buses. I think that'd be funny. <laughs> like the British, like the Great British Bake Off, mm-hmm. have some. You got to enclose them though, because I don't trust people. You know, on Sesame Drive, like yeah. But <laughs> I'll always say this: the classes are not that hard to be having to put nets out, guys. Like, just study. It's not that difficult. Okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> It's true. We should be able to have open, like, double-decker buses. I thought you were going to say the reason we shouldn't have them. Well, I think it's just a safety thing for me, you know? I want it because it rains, and when it rains, it floods. And that's I don't what I'm saying, have to... yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's why I would be concerned. Like a uh, like Oregon Trail kind of wagon, you know? Ooh, yeah, like a, ca- like a canvas? That'd be yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd give it a week before somebody ripped that, though. <laughs> Can't have nice things. 
No. But that'd be cool. Double decker buses. Like I, I want to. I have no negative opinions about it. Let's let's play this game because Colton, you're you're now an established journalist. You're up in for a bunch of national awards. I'm up for a bunch of state awards. Jacob does journalism. So, like, which one of us is going to have something named after them at Texas State? What would what would you be your betting odds, Colton? I mean, it's got to be the Texas State Sports Press. There mean... he is. There it is. <laughs> Do you owe him money or something? Did you? Or do you? Did you take a lot of losses in a bet recently? <laughs> just, you guys have a Sun Belt preseason football experience going on, and you just owe him two hundred dollars to say that. <laughs> Sorry, Jacob. Texas State Sports Press here to stay. <laughs> Real quickly, I want to tease our uh, square talks with Stephen Trout. We also have a square talks with uh, Ricky Wood or just about preseason expectations. Um, obviously, they're in their second week. And then baseball kicks it off tomorrow against Northwestern. Jacob yeah. put a lot of work into editing these podcasts, people. So please like, share, and subscribe them wherever you get your podcasts. This, this man slaved over the content stove to bring us these. He had to put on his booking agent hat and actually like get us some guests. So I want to thank him for that. It was good. He does a good job, Jacob. Thank you, Colton. Say thank you to Jacob. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you, Jacob. Y'all, y'all have done a really, you've done a really good job trying keeping this podcast afloat and like making a big splash, basically becoming our number one Texas State podcast. Hey, podcast. thanks, Colton. <laughs> hey, look at that. Well, that's nice. I don't ask for compliments much, but. It's nice to hear it from you too, because I do value your opinions. Uh, episode 16. Thanks for watching, everybody. Book it. Thanks for listening. New episodes out every Thursday. Follow the boys on Twitter. Eat them up. Eat them up.